welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs, and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors that we're very grateful for, Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. So we, I want to recap a little bit about last week's show. I had a couple of renegades in the studio. Mark Fisher was here and Yancey Little. <laughs> I mean, two fellas that um, we had a great time. Um, we not only enjoyed the on-air conversation, but the off-air conversation was great as well. We're in our infect- Effective Leadership Series, and we looked at John Wooten's Pyramid of Success. And so if you want to listen to that episode, you can go to a acoachesperspective.com. You can listen to it, or you can find it on Apple, Spotify, or Helium Satellite Radio. So we're going to continue this series tonight, and I want to welcome my guests, and we're going to talk about them kind of throughout the show and some of their resume, and we're going to talk about their leadership styles as well. Um, so the fir- I want to first welcome um, Coach Nyla Millicent to the show. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. No stranger to these airwaves. And, um, you know, we're, we're doing this leadership series, and we're talking about effective leaderships, but um, today is also... Another celebration that we are going to talk about, and that is National Girls and Women in Sports Day, um, which is a great celebration for females in sports. And so tell me what, you know, what does that day mean to you as, you know, a former women's basketball coach, director of athletics at Drew University? What does that mean to you? Well, I think the first thing uh, is it maybe shows, and I'll go ahead and say our age a little bit, uh, but, you know, the, the <laughs> opportunity. The opportunities that uh, have progressed so much over the years, um, I, I just think back to uh, I played on my first middle school, I was actually junior high back then, um, but in, in our little small town and just how far uh, the opportunities for females uh, have come, I, I think is the first thing that comes to mind. But uh, just being able to continue to celebrate um, what sport does uh, for all genders, but uh there, there's certainly no question that I would not be in the position that I'm in today uh, if it would not been for the advancement of females in giving those opportunities. We've had some pioneers, and um, and I definitely feel like an, a, one of those pioneers is also with us here in the studio. And um, Becky Oaks is joining us, and she's a former executive director at the Missouri State High School Activities Association and also a former administrator at the National Federation for high school sports and so you have been able to have a hand in all sports and being able to have this impact um, on on these opportunities for for men and women but what does this day um, mean to, mean to you well first off I'm glad you said this group uh, <laughs> Wow pioneer is not quite in the same group you know. uh, what it what it really means to me is I think it's a great recognition uh, to the hard work and the accomplishments that have taken place <clears throat> to give girls and women the opportunity. I shouldn't say give the opportunity. I'm just going to say open the door for the opportunities. Uh, and to see what young girls and what women have done throughout the decades to advance uh, girls and women in sports. And I think that we, you know, we, we have, we've done so many good things and so many good things to come. But I think it's very important, just like anything else that you do, is 
it was a great opportunity. It, we worked hard to get it there. And now it's very important that individuals like ourselves, players that are at the universities, that they take care of girls and women in sports and the programs and continue to have it advance and greater opportunities. And there are many different areas now that we didn't even have to talk about before that now we do have to talk about mm-hmm. fairness and contracts promotions and things sure. like that so a lot of but it's a it's a very it's a very special time and i think we need to do a good job of letting the younger younger generation or the current generations know just exactly what not so much all the history stories but about it and how to promote it and go toward continue. the future continue. and continue yes. and go toward the future yeah i think so many of uh, that's a great point about uh, you know younger generations um i don't know that they really um and, and again, it's not, I walked uphill both ways in the <laughs> snow type of story, but um, I don't know that they know some of the struggles, the early struggles that, that uh, had to go through in order to get it to this place. And um, days like today also make me think of, of people like um, Dr. Mary Jo Wynn and, you know, people that very, very much paved the way um, for um, not not that much younger, but but for our generation, and and hopefully we can continue to do it, and and the younger generation yeah. knows and understands uh, that now that they have an obligation to to do the same thing. Yeah, well, so. to, to kind of expand on that too, I I also feel like uh, bear with me on this. And it was I spoke with some high school kids today, and we were talking about what day it was, and they're like, well, what, "What does that mean?" And then I told them a little bit of the history, and what do you mean there wasn't sports for girls? And they had no idea. Of the history, and to me, in a way, that's a victory for the work of Dr. Wynn. I mean, they they have they are so ingrained now in knowing that they have these opportunities. They didn't realize that there used to not be opportunities, and so it's such a a, a great experience for them. But to be able to to say, "Oh my gosh, you know, we have these," and not take them for granted, um, I think that was kind of a kind of a cool way to look at the fact that they didn't realize the history. Because that means that people like Mary Jo Wynn, they did their job. They did their job and got those opportunities. Yeah, and I think that's our responsibility now to continue to, what I would say is um, encourage and um, help them help them get excited about reaching toward the future of bigger and better things. Yes, I, I definitely I agree. <laughs> There's been so many different role models. Um, you know, our parents have been great role models. I mean, and not just um, my mother, but, you know, my father was a big drive for for women's sports. And mm-hmm. that always was something that I really, you know, admired. And there's been so many different uh, um, elements of, of the progression of these opportunities that we've got to embrace and be grateful for. And I know a lot of people that are listening, whether you had the experience of playing yourself or you had a daughter or you had a sister or um, you know, that that is something that I think uh, we, we just got to embrace because sports does so many things. Um, for all of us you know i think it was so fun uh when you would look back and you would say this young lady's uh you know mother was the starting guard on right when you saw that generation pass on to generation that was really exciting it is that's so true that is so true well we're going to celebrate that throughout our conversation today we're going to work that into our leadership um, series that we are doing (laughs) And, and I thought it was very appropriate. So we, we have evaluated leadership models with effective leaders in our community. Uh, we did Dr. Tommy Burnett's model. We did Kimberly Fry's model. Uh, we worked um, on Coach K. Shasetsky's model. We did um, last week, we did John Wooten's Pyramid of Success. 
this week I thought it was very appropriate. We got to bring out Coach Summit. We got Pat Summit's um, 12 leadership tips. And um, I, I do want to say that, you know, that Becky and Nyla knew what we were going to talk a little bit about tonight, but not specifics till we got here. And when I told Coach Mellison, what did you say when I said we're going to talk about Coach it Summit? It was on the back of our uh, playbook handbook. I, I don't know. I used it for probably at least 25 years or so. Um, and when you said, uh, I thought, okay, maybe that's it. But then Pat Summit has so many things out. I wasn't <laughs> right, sure right, that's, right. that's what it would yeah. be. But uh uh, so uh, lots, lots of really, really good things to, uh, to, to lead by and, and, and to try to guide your team by. And I, I think these leadership models or these tips, um, you know, from people that have, have demonstrated obvious success, um, we can take a lot from those. Um, but, but one of the reasons we're doing this series, and this is something that you all have worked with, with mentees that you have had in your lives, is that you've got to look at these models and take what you can and then be able to, to build your own, to be effective in your own style. So I know that you all have, um, over the years, developed your own leadership style. If you could capture what you feel like, um, if I gave you, you know, in, in 15 seconds, give me what your leadership style is, w- what would you say that, that your leadership style is in a, in a nutshell? Mm. I think probably to um, have passion uh, in what, I do and what we do, uh, teamwork that it's, it's all about all, all of our group, whatever the case may be, all of our group working together, recognizing and respect, being respectful for the talents of the various individuals, being a good, uh, communicator. And, um, I would say having integrity. Definitely. That's pretty good. All right, top that, Coach Millison. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's not uh, topping that. It's, it's kind of interesting because uh, as, as Becky started to talk, um, I've kind of tried to lead. Um, I have four core values, uh, and there's so many core values you can have, but, but my, my four core values that I've, I've tried to kind of teach and lead by is accountability, uh, respect, passion, and hard work. Um, and a lot of the same yes. words uh, yeah. that that you used, um, and I think all of those um, being able to communicate, I think, is a, is a big one. But being able to communicate um, what it is that uh, that your expectations are, and um, I think the other, and I don't know that this is necessarily a leadership style, but um, I've been told many times my greatest strength is probably my greatest weakness too. Um, you know, I've always tried to have a big heart for people. Um, which I know sometimes can can get you in, in trouble. Uh, I guess maybe in a good way. And if that's if that's a it's a bad thing, it's a bad thing. But um, you, you know, I've always tried to have uh, you know a heart for people and a caring um, and trying to understand. And I think more and more as as the world continues to change, um, you know, trying to understand um, walking in somebody else's shoes. Um, you know what it is, and there's so many pressures and variables on kids anymore um that uh, you know you try to you still have to have a level of of discipline and expectations and those sort of things but um there's an awful lot of pressures out there in the world today that i i tried to um keep that personal um feeling at the forefront you know i i really agree with that that i think the communication is key and 
where you say communication and respect, and the I go back kind of to the integrity of I, I respect you as an individual, and I'm going to listen to you. And even if I'm listening to you, it may not be about the game or practice. It's just listening to you as an individual. And so I think we always have to remember that that communication is a two-way street. It's I, I, it, it involves, um, you know, me with a player or a coach or, a, you know, a, a fellow worker and them coming back, you know, to me and then having an understanding of what uh, takes place. And like you said, um, walking in their shoes. Yeah, which communication will always be enhanced if you can have those building blocks of a relationship, if you can have that heart for them, if you can have that uh, demonstrated. Well, I think we've, we're going to definitely dive into this and we're going to talk about some of these things. And then I'm going to ask you some questions about how you handle um, leadership situations and how you had in the past and what's successful. And everybody can relate to this because at some point in time, we are all leaders, whether we choose it or not, whether it's in the business world, whether it's in your family, whether it's on a sports team. Um, there are so many different ways, and everybody has to step up um, and be able to, to, to recognize the fact that that's a responsibility, and, it, and it's something that you don't want to take lightly. And that's one of the reasons we're doing these series is, is to really open up and talk about some of these characteristics that make effective leaders. Um, so I want to thank Great Southern Bank for being our presenting sponsor. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have Nyla Millison and Becky Oaks here, and we'll continue with this effective leadership series. You're listening to A Coach's Perspective. Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins. Hey, this segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. They're owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proof in fact. Scientific studies, professional dietitians, they all agree. The ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk. And Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate. They're a proud sponsor of A Coach's Perspective. So I have Nyla Millison here. I have Becky Oaks, and we're doing an effective leadership series and we're also celebrating national girls and women in sports day and we're going to talk about coach pat summit's 12 leadership tips and and it wasn't necessarily a model um but it is the leadership values that um that she had in her program and we're going to discuss some of those and and we're going to ask our effective leaders that are here how they applied some of those things so the very first one is respect yourself and others and I think that's something that is going to be um, at the forefront. I like that it's number one. There has to be that level of respect. Um, Candace Parker, who um, played you know WMVP in the WNBA, she was quoted as saying, no matter um, who needs her, from the last person on the bench to a manager or to ha- whoever, Coach Summit always said everybody's name and treated them as if they were her own. And that level of respect, could players gravitate, employees gravitate that is something i think is a great number one what are your thoughts on the respect yourself and others i agree with it totally um i think that is the probably one of the foundations of building your team maintaining your team building a tradition a legacy of of what you do and letting your your team um what i would say build build their respect and their trust with you to to let you lead them 
Absolutely. I, I, I think uh, probably 99% of your culture, culture is built on respect um, from, you know, the role that somebody plays on the team. Uh, I was always real big on, um, and, and they said on managers, um, you know, and I know in the heat of the moment, sometimes you, you snap and get me water or get me this or whatever, but, uh, you know, having respect for your managers, um, respect for your bus drivers. I mean, it just goes anybody that you come in contact with. Um, and, I, and I think another thing that's always um, real important, uh, particularly with young women, is respecting yourself. Um, you know, uh-huh. I think it's a, a big one. And um, you, you said it earlier with, uh, um, I think, one of the biggest parts to all of this, um, whether it's respect, accountability, anything else, is, is building that relationship uh, with people. But um, obviously respect is one of my four core values that I think is um, of the utmost importance. And it applies well with the second one. And the second one is take full responsibility. And and what I love about this is that, you know, she used to always say, well, how can you improve if you're never wrong? And so many times leaders, you know, they're, they have to have, they're the rocks. I mean, they're the ones that people look to. They've got to have all the answers. Sometimes you don't have all the answers. And you've got to humanize yourself a little bit and say, you know, we can get better in this area. And I think that's one thing that um, is a great leadership quality. Some people see that as a weakness. Like you don't want to show any of those chinks in your armor. But it's, it's important to take responsibility as you grow and demonstrate that as a leader. I, I think responsibility, accountability uh, are, are huge. And there's no way you can expect to hold anybody else accountable if you're not first going to hold yourself accountable. And... Um, um, always the first thing, uh, if I was dealing with issues or whatever, whether it was me or somebody else, you know, the first thing that I had always, first of all, is for me to look in the mirror and is there something that I can do different or something that I can change or I can be better at. Um, but then I'd always look at a player or a colleague or an assistant coach or whoever, and we've all got to look in the mirrors. Uh, I remember one year we were kind of struggling with this and I literally gave everybody in our team a handheld mirror and we would we would start the day um, looking in the mirror and uh, you know it's got to start with you and and how can you be the best that you can be every day well we 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 preach controllables all of the time right we talk about control what you can control and you control your actions you control your words you can control some of those things and I mean I think there's a lot of responsibility that that comes with that and accountability Um, I also feel like too you know it's hard so how let me ask you this it's hard sometimes for leaders to look at themselves and say, um, okay, we, we lost a game. Uh, it's, it's not all on the players. I mean, they, there's a collective responsibility there um, where, where there is shared responsibility. Um, how do you encourage young coaches to step and say, hey, you're all in this together? It's not just because they missed layups and had turnovers. Um, so how do you get them to take that responsibility and say, what could you have done better because that's hard for a lot of young coaches as an example yeah i i think the and i'm glad you said the young coaches because i i sit here and think about uh i guess maybe i'm old and stupid now but uh <laughs> you know young young and stupid you think back 35 years ago when i first started you know you you get so caught up in maybe even the wrong things um but i i think the the longer i coached and the the older i got and hopefully wiser i got I think it did become easier to take a deep breath. And I mean, the losses still weren't easy to 
to handle, but you take a deep breath and you go, okay, first of all, did we prepare? Could I, what could I have done different? What could we have a staff done different? Um, and then go in and watch film and go, okay, if we had done this different, but then there also is the accountability on the coaches or on the, the players, you know, the missed layups and the missed assignments. But did I do everything that I could to have them prepared or, you know, could we have traveled different or whatever, nice. whatever, uh, you know, maybe we could have had. But, yeah, young and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've always said when you're young, you have all the enthusiasm, but you don't have the wisdom. When you get mm. some experience, you, you have that wisdom that comes along with it. Um, I think as you, you look at responsibility, you, you have to, what I would say is you have to embrace responsibility. And in, it, responsibility is not telling people what to do. Responsibility is knowing what is it I am supposed to do to allow you to do your, your job or meet your responsibilities, whether it's the coaching staff or the workforce or the players, because they have to they have to know that you you're prepared, and then if you're prepared, they'll follow suit of well, you know she knows what she's doing, and so i'm gonna I'm gonna work for you, I'm going to do that, and then they begin to accept their responsibilities or their role as a player of this is what I do, this is what I do. You mentioned managers, a good manager can make you or break you when you really need something you know so um i I think that that that's part of the responsibility is um Building it, building, again, you build that trust, and then you have, uh, you recognize what other people need to do. And let, let them, let them do what they're supposed to do. Right. Well, then, I mean, the next one kind of ties right into this, is if you can have that shared and collective responsibility is developing and demonstrating loyalty. So, you, you both have been leaders either in, in programs and organizations where someone might not quite have the, team mindset, shall we call it, um, the bad attitude, um, or they don't have the buy-in, they don't have the loyalty. How can you bring that person along? How can you help with that as an effective leader? Hmm, that's a tough one. Um, and I Sit them on the bench, right? Well, that's, one, I, I that's one area. But I, uh, I found that harder and harder uh, every year. Um, the buy-in, the um, accepting roles um, becomes harder and harder. Um, and again, I, you don't know always what to uh, uh, you know to attribute it to. But um, I, I think uh, oof, I'm, I'm going to go back to what's been said a hundred times already. Um, you know, relationships is part of it. Um, I, I think finding a um, a role in making that role feel important. Um, and, but I think that's where then it gets hard because you, you define a role too tight. Um, that's not good. We, we, we tried that one year. Um, but if you don't define it tight enough that everybody thinks they can score 20 points a game and, um, um, that, 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 that's a tough one. That, that well, I think, what, you know, I think one of the, I go back to the one-on-ones. I mean, the one-on-ones, sitting them down one-on-one going, I think yeah. we need some clarity on what your role is in this organization. We need some clarity. Um, I want you to ask questions. I want, I want to have that honest and, and, and genuine conversation. I think that's a, a place to start. It's just the acceptance that, 
becomes the, right. <laughs> the but then, issue. You know, and, then, and if they, you know, continue on that path, then yep. there's a different direction sometimes, you have to go. It, uh, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Some, sometimes you got to make, you got to make changes uh, at, at the end, but it's, it's during the heat of the moment and in, in the middle of a season, I guess, right. if you will, if you're talking, you know, particularly in the, the coaching world, it's, it becomes so, um, it becomes very hard to manage. It becomes very hard to manage in the middle of the year. I think that's one of the um, the toughest jobs, toughest jobs of a coach. And you hope you have good assistants. <laughs> True, because uh, I think I think assistants assistant coaches um, probably are your key um, to helping manage those type of things during the year. And I start to say the bottom of your bench, but it isn't even always the bottom of the bench that you're having a hard time accepting the role, but. Um, and then I'll also say, let's just get real. Winning takes care of a lot of it, too. Yeah, that's oh. true. And effective <laughs> leaders know how to delegate, Whew, yeah. too. So they know how to delegate and be able to, it's okay, if I'm not reaching this person, maybe one of my assistants can. Yep. Maybe one of their peers can. And being able to delegate that, we've got to get them on board. I think loyalty isn't something that just comes and goes. I think loyalty is something that within your program, you build a sense of loyalty. And you have to build that. We've talked about passion. Somehow you you just work with individual players. You work with your coaches. You work together to share that passion, build that passion, develop the loyalty. And loyalty gets passed down from one group to the next group to the next group. If you have a great group of juniors and seniors that are loyal to the program and loyal to your coaching staff or your coaching staff is loyal to the program and to you, they pass that down to the younger players. But boy, if you get a bad senior class or a bad junior class, they can, you know, they, they can really put the bad apple in the bunch there for a little bit. So I think loyalty is, again, it's, it's a understanding the purpose of what you're doing and why you're doing it and get people to come along with it and continue to have that loyalty as a, what I would say is it's a part of the tradition of your program. I agree. I agree. All right, well, we, we are going to take our, our next break. Um, but the next t- tip is a great communicator, which we've already kind of talked about. And when we come back, we're going to talk about discipline yourself so no one else has to. That's a whole can of worms. That could be the title of an entire show. So we're <laughs> going to talk about that. Coach Pat Summit, we're looking at her leadership tips. I have Nyla Millison and Becky Oaks here. Thank you to Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment, along with Greg and Melinda Burnett, as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins. Hey, this segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. They know cars. They know trucks. They know SUVs. Uh, they know service, and they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for a very long time. Give Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey a call. They will take care of you. It is such a comfort zone when you get walk in there. They, are, they do such a wonderful job. Tell them what you want. They'll do a coast-to-coast search, and they'll find what you want. And bonus, it'll be in your price range. You can call them at 417-326-7671 or find them at billgrantford.net. Um, also, thanks to West Logging. Go to westlogging.com or find Danny West on Facebook. 
He's going to give you a free consultation and treat your land like his own. And thank you to Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. I have Nyla Millison and Becky Oaks here, and we're talking about Coach Pat Summit's leadership qualities and I and leadership tips. And it was um, how she guided her program. We're looking at different leadership models in this effective leadership series. Um, we, we were talking in the last one, the teaser was discipline yourself so no one else has to. Um, this, you know, self-discipline is something that I think some uh, people struggle with. They struggle with. And whether it's because they've been told what to do or they've been micromanaged or, you know, whatever the case may be. We don't need to, to go too in, deep in the weeds on that. But that self-discipline is, to me, something that sets apart someone, um, and it sets apart the good and the great and the great and the best. That self-discipline is an intangible that can be very valuable um, and an asset to people. So tell me, what is it that when you recognize self-discipline, Becky, when you were working in the organizations, isn't that an employee or, or someone in your program that you wanted to give more responsibility to and help climb the ladder? You, you do, and I think as uh, a person that if you're the head coach, if you're the athletic administrator, that self-discipline goes back to all those other things we've talked about, about being accountable, being responsible, uh, being a good communicator. Is Self-discipline allows us to sometimes you know, think before you speak, have patience, uh, listen, uh, analyze what you've heard, uh, you know, bring the best out in people. So I think that self-discipline is... What keeps you um, kind of on on top of the heap to do what you need to do with everybody else? I agree. I was talking to a a, a parent of a youth athlete, um, and he said, "Oh, he just has no self discipline. He has no self discipline. He won't do the." Um, I don't know that you can make someone have self discipline. You can develop it. You can enhance it. Um, but what would you say to that parent? Um, to help understand how he can develop more self-discipline with his child. I think uh, a little bit of it is at a, at a young age is um, having the high expectations and giving them the opportunities. Um, I really would consider myself a very self-disciplined person um, Probably from I, your rodeo days. Well, <laughs> you know, I think back. Have to be. <laughs> I, I think back to um, a, a, the expectations in in our house. Uh, um, actually, I spoke at my dad's funeral a month or so ago, and one of the things that I I, I put in in there is our house had very. Um, how did I put it? Um, loud but quiet expectations. I don't ever really remembering being told I have to do this, but I just knew it was an expectation. Um, and I know that kind of sounds counterproductive, but I don't ever remember, you know, getting yelled at for necessarily, but, but we had loud but quiet expectations of what, what was, um, expected at our house. Right. And, um, I, I think I developed a self, um, discipline at a very young age. So, I'm not answering your question because I don't really know, um, but I but I think a lot of it is set so early, right? Um, well, it, you, you know, can't shame them into having no. discipline, and it, and it can't be 
you you can't take i go back to the the word we've used several times becky passion you can't take their passion away right. from them by being so hard on them and we've all seen that parent that is just berated and and demanded and you got to get in the gym and and we're going to go on every sunday from noon to seven in the gym and we're just going to beat you it's not that it, it you've just got to find that fine line i think between setting high expectations given given young people the opportunity to get in the gym develop passion um i i think the classroom you know i i was never told i couldn't have a c but i didn't ever bring a c home um you know you studied and you did what you had to do to have have those um those expectations so um I do think a lot of, of self-discipline starts at a very young age, and um, um, but I also know you can be raised in the same household and um, have two kids that are, are very, very opposite, too. Right, um, right. And you, and you never know what, how that, it might not, they might not be very self-disciplined in that area because they don't have the passion for it. There's a connection there. Yeah. But they may be very self-disciplined in an area Mm-hmm. that they're passionate about so that's another thing explore with young kids explore find their passion and find what they're you have to let them yes. they, it's it's not your passion it's something that they yeah. and that they get to find out and how to develop passion now i think that's the other thing is how to develop and i think the other part to the self-discipline is sometimes it's basically teaching a, a young person how to be independent and to take care of yourself I agree. You know, and with that independence and taking care of yourself, that you don't have to have somebody tell you, pick up your room. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> you, you, you learn from those things of, mm-hmm. well, now I have self-discipline because you just do it. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes there's failure with, with that too. And I, I'm a little bit, um, you know, I don't know that we let people fail very well any. More. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and self-discipline has a lot to do as well. You know, I just said that you got to find your passion. You got to find what you care about. But also self-discipline is about um, following through and, and doing things sometimes you don't like to do. Mm-hmm. And that, that you know, that's something that you, that is a huge life lesson that we've got to make sure and demonstrate. Um, but that's part of it. Okay, so let's go to the, the next one is um, to make hard work your passion. Oh, wow, that's convenient. All right, we're going to go on to the next one because I think we've covered that. Uh, don't just work hard, work smart, which I think is is great. I mean, thank goodness for film, right, in the coaching world, and, and thank goodness for all of the different resources we have. Um, but I want to move to the next one because this is one that I think is sometimes a struggle um, for, for young leaders, and that is to put the team before yourself. And I don't mean that they're all selfish. I don't mean that. I, I think that they just work hard and they're very passionate about it, but they see the failures or they see mistakes as reflections on them as a professional or as a person. Um, they take that personally instead of what can we do to make the team better? Let's put the team ahead of ourselves and try and work from that mindset instead of the other way around. I know, um, and I know this isn't exactly with this, but it, it triggered a little bit of a thought um, just because you work hard doesn't guarantee success. Just because you work hard doesn't guarantee you're going to start. Just because you work hard doesn't mean you're um, going to score 20 points. But not working hard means there's probably going to be failure. Um, you know, guaranteed, guaranteed failure, whatever failure in your world might be. 
Um, so I think there's a difference between, um, you know, understanding that um, if you have a group that's all working hard, there's still going to be a pecking order <laughs> to, um, you know, and playing time and, and all of those those other things. But, um, you know, there's just there's just no guarantees in life. And, and uh, I think a little bit of it goes back to we just uh, have to have to help our kids um you mentioned the rodeo days um you know you got you get bucked off you get back on mm-hmm. and 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 i think anymore it's it's too easy to quit um when things get hard and um you know you you, you get bucked off you got to boot up your tail and you're getting back on as as quick as you can so i agree i agree well i just think about it. our granddaughters they take a big spill and they immediately get up and they look at me and they say, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Good. I'm, good. I'm okay. I'm okay. Good. Yeah, you know, and sometimes I think, I bet they're not okay. No. Sometimes it's that slow motion of their yeah. facial expressions. Uh, hey, well, here's what I would say is, uh, you mentioned, you know, your assistant coaches. I think that the responsibility for your head coach or your athletic director, I think the responsibility is you have to look at the people that, are to build your program up. And you have to give them that respect and you have to work hard for them because they have to work hard for you. So if you delegate everything to them and you eat up all their personal time as well as their regular coaching time, they're going to probably just burn out or not be loyal or, you know, and the list goes on. So I think that you have to develop that hard work and work smart is to bring along the people and the players that they're working hard, but you're respecting that hard work for them as, as well. And that absolutely, they have to understand there is still going to be, somebody is going to just be faster. Somebody is going to be a better shooter. Somebody is going to be better on defense. It's just the way the world works. So true. So true. All right. The next tip is make winning an attitude. And I think that's kind of actually while you were talking that's what I was thinking. I'm like, that's a, it's a winning mindset. You've got to have a winning mindset and a winning attitude. Um, but the next one I think we could all dive into is to be a competitor. So Pat Summit says you can't always uh, be the strongest or the most talented or the most gifted person in the room, but you can always be the most competitive, which I, I love that. That's that mindset mm-hmm. we're talking about. Um, and I, I think that is something too, as you grow and develop in your sports, make, be competitive. Be competitive and, and, and develop that competition, but also be able to celebrate the successes and learn from those failures along the way. So it's not just all about you can, you, I love the movie Meet the Robinsons because <laughs> it celebrates failure. Uh, to, you know, they celebrate whenever there was um, a hiccup in this, in the new inventions. And so celebrating those failures on your path to success, it, it can be a form of, of higher level competition. I know some of uh, our our best practices was when every single drill was competitive. Yes, um, and you ha- you had to have some teaching in there too. But um, I-, I know we did uh, a number of practices that um, we would have the entire practice. We'd have them divided into teams, and usually we'd try to divide even. Although we were doing a whole bunch of different things, and uh, I forget what we called the um the bucket but every drill um they would they would pull out of the bucket the losing team would pull out of the bucket what 
they had to do and it was anything you know from sprints to um maybe a free pass to whatever whatever it was and those practices by far were the best practices because every single thing had competitive nature to it had a consequence to it had a winner and a loser to it um and um the, you know those were fun but you you've got to you've got to teach um young people how how to compete um because i said winner and losers you got to learn how to you got to learn how to have failure and lose and be able to bounce right back in into the to the next drill yeah resilience uh, you know you're down you're down 10 to nothing at the first time out you got to figure out how how can i bounce back uh so um, we we all want to win, but there's also lots of lessons in in um, losing or being down or or whatever that might be. Too. Well, how, do, how do you handle the the blame game? Because to me, that a lot of times when you get down, they don't have that resiliency that you're talking about. Oh, you know, there's a blame game that goes on. There's a victim mentality that goes on. And again, um, that mindset and analyzing it could be a whole show. But how do you you know handle that? Um, bringing them back into come on now, let's go. Motivating them to be that competitor. Um, when they, when they're in a pity party, well, you know, I think when you you do competition, okay, so if your drills are all competitive, but they're still a group, all right. So you, you know, your group become it's, it's it's the team. They they still have to work together. So if I'm competitive, but by being competitive, I've got I got to make sure you're competitive with me because I need your pass or I need your score or I need you know so. I think the competitiveness is it's you, but it's also how you work with with someone else or the other group that you're working with, the team that you're working with. And, um, you know, you, you've heard, you know, that you can have a group of people together, but it's something different when you finally get a team. A team has a common goal. A group is just a bunch of people together. True. You know, so I think that that's, that's what we do is the competition is it's there, you get better, but I think you always have to be able to learn from what you didn't get done if or if something didn't go right you've got to be able to come back and analyze that and to say just this little piece right here will make us better and keeping keeping your team together yeah not letting that person who's having a bad day um fall out of line yeah because everybody them. has it yeah you know That's right which goes right into the next one which is change is a must right so you got to be flexible. You got to be able to absorb, um, you know, the, the different um, moods that you're going to have on your team, the, the different, you know, just the different objectives, and be able to bring them together into that common vision. But the, the last tip that she talks about was handle success like you handle failure, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit. But Coach Summit said, "You can't always control what happens, but you can control how you handle it." And to me, that statement sums up really almost all 12 of these <laughs> tips. Um, being able, and, and it's what we've talked about. I've heard each of you talk about controllables before in the past. Um, and to me, I think it boils down to knowing that and, and what your controllable filter is. You, def- you definitely have to control what you can control because there's so many things that, that, are, that are out of your um, control. You also have to laugh just a little bit to, uh, as I used these for many years and didn't have quite the success that Pat, <laughs> the Pat Summit had when, so <laughs> yeah. when, when she wrote those and she was winning national championship after national championship. But, um, you know, it's just really in, in, um, you know, in life 
and we've talked about it so many times tonight is um you know you um you win humbly and you've you've got to find a way to to learn from your mistakes and your failures and um the majority of us have all had many more failures than we've had successes um but we've been able to get back up and learn from those and and turn that failure into a success or um you know when you the change is a must uh, I don't know exactly how the saying, but trying trying to do the same thing over and over and expecting to get different results. Um, you know, sometimes and change is hard. Change is hard for everybody, and the older we get, the harder it is. Um, but uh, you've got to be willing to get. We talk comfort zone all the time. Get out of your comfort zone and and be willing to try something new. And uh, you know, I a kid that's a great three pointer, and they come in the gym and all they want to do is shoot three pointers. Well, that's great, and you need to continue to keep that craft up. But you also maybe need to work on a pull-up or you maybe need to work on ball handling or something else. So um, just getting out of that comfort zone and, and making change. And uh, at, at the end of the day, um, it's all about sports, but hoping that uh, uh, in life you can win. And looking at these 12 at the beginning of the show, you said you had four values that kind of capture a lot of, of what Becky had said was her leadership style. And these 12, give us those four again real quick. Uh, respect, accountability, passion, and hard work. Very good. And, and you know, Becky, I think if, if you could leave, um, if a young leader was asking you, like, what is one of the most important out of all these qualities that I really need to focus on, which one would you say that, that it is? Um, I'm going to go back to the first one about the, the respect. I think you respect yourself, you respect others, and you're, I think you just lay a foundation that your communication comes from it. You can get hard work out of people. You can build loyalty. I think everything can come from that that big cornerstone of of, of uh, respect. So true. That is so true. Well, I appreciate you being here tonight. Um, um, both of you, happy National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that you're able to be here to talk about these, this leadership model. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much for having us. We're going to move real quick into our post-game talk. Sponsored by Story Construction. Story Construction has been providing high-quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966. Go to story, com for more information. You can also go to A Coach's Perspective for show lineups, previous shows, and more information. Next week, oh, just we're going to have to find some really mushy uh, Valentine's Day music because we are going to have a coaching couple on uh, we have Mark and Jenny Talbert coming on, and we're going to talk about how they are both. Mark is the football coach at Logan Rogersville. Jenny is the girls' basketball coach at Nixa. And we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, how they lead and, and still also be able to um, make their marriage work. And so we're going to talk a little coaching couple, a little love and sports next week. Um, so into your post-game talk. As we, you know, we are continuing with this series, I Can't Help on National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Uh, cannot uh, let the opportunity go by to thank um, my mother for what she has portrayed in my life and how much she has encouraged me. So, Joe Bell Hopper, thank you so much for being the ultimate role model and for being that person that has always instilled the fact that I could do anything and I could do anything better than both of my brothers. <laughs> So I got that recorded. So I thank you very much to Joe Hopper. I appreciate it. Thanks for being a great role model and a great woman in sports um, for us to all look up to. All right. The-
Hey, I want to remind you, as I do each and every week, be a good human. Live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.